0: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.
1: For another edition of the Bible Class Shoot Hour here on the four-time award-winning POET radio, our subject and lesson today, brothers and sisters, and I am excited about it. It is get the hell out of here again. Get the hell out of here. We are experiencing so many issues, brothers and sisters, as they come to this walk. We are fighting every day to maintain our faith. It's not easy when. Maybe you don't have the support of your family members. You don't have the support of your friends, brothers and sisters. It seems like everybody else is having fun. There are events that are taking place on a Sabbath day on a Friday night and you can't participate. And this is all the test, brothers and sisters. The, def- the true definition of love is sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? For the one whom you say you love. Then you say, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, part of keeping that commandments, meaning to abstain from participating and doing some of the things that oftentimes we find ourselves doing. And this is why we pray to ask God for forgiveness. But we got to get the hell out out of here. So welcome everyone to today's Bible class. There comes a time when you must fight the battle between right and wrong, between good and evil, between sin and keeping the law. Most of us at one time or another have lost that war, brothers and sisters. I'm raising my hand, I've lost it several times, but there's a way to win this war. And the enemy knows that there's a way to win the war between good and evil, between right and wrong, between um, sinning or keeping the law. The enemy knows that there's a way to win. To make it plain and simple, brothers and sisters. Jesus is the only way to victory. But what does that mean? I know Jesus. I know his name. I call upon his name. I pray in his name. What does that mean? Well, The version of Jesus that we have today is his word. Didn't it say that the word was made flesh? Well, when the word was no longer flesh, then guess what? It went back to being the word, brothers and sisters. So today, the only way we know Jesus, the only way Jesus can speak to us, that he can talk to us, that God can talk to us through Jesus is through reading his word. So if you want to say what God told me to tell you, you can say that by just reading his word, because in his word, he will tell us as messengers. Deliver this message unto my people. So, brothers and sisters, Satan knows this. He knows that Jesus is the only way. So the only thing that he can do now is to disconnect you and separate you from Jesus. Just this past weekend, he had many of our people celebrating Easter, thinking that they were celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. One had nothing to do with the other, two completely different festivals, brothers and sisters. The Lord gave us the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Romans and the world gave you Easter, the sex goddess Ishtar, the goddess of fertility. But Satan knows this. So the more that he can get us wrapped into this world, the more that he can unplug us, unplug us from the word of God. The more he can win. And this is why you always hear me say that the devil can't win playing God's game. I'm going to say that again. The devil can't win Playing God's game. So you want to know why the devil always winning? It's because you playing his game on his field with his rules under his terms. But wait till you start playing God's game and you start seeing those who hated on you not being successful. Those who try to stop you not being successful. Hmm. Uh, it's funny to me, brothers and sisters, because, uh, it's no mistake that these things happen. Um, from time to time, it's no mistake that they happen and they happen brothers and sisters, because Satan is also the prince of the air. So it happens brothers and sisters. So don't worry, don't worry. Nothing can stop God's word from getting out. Okay. So, It's a small thing to a giant. Do not worry. Our people are getting back on. We're going to go ahead and continue with this lesson. So what I'm going to do, brothers and sisters, I am going to wait to a few people get back on. But again, the title of today's lesson is Get the Hell Out of Here. Get the hell out of here. So again, uh, brothers and sisters, again, Satan is very crafty. We are on his airways, brothers and sisters. So make no mistake that something like uh, what just happened would happen. Because again, Satan don't want the truth getting out. So it's not unreasonable to think or believe that he would try to throw a monkey wrench in this situation. But we just laughing at him, brothers and sisters, because he tried. But Satan can't win playing God's game. But let's get back focused on why we're here. We're here for the word of God, brothers and sisters. So um, we're going to ask you one more time to share this out because some of our brothers and sisters got lost in the live feed. So we're going to ask that you share this thing back out so that we can go ahead and continue with the lesson today. And it was really getting good, brothers and sisters. It was really getting good. But we'll pick it back up again where we left off. So don't worry about it. Don't, um, you know, don't be shaken or anything like that. We're going to bind together. We're going to hold together. And we're going to defeat this enemy, brothers and sisters. Okay? we're going to defeat this enemy. So don't worry at all. Matter of fact, I was going to delete the previous live feed. I'm not going to even delete it. I'm going to keep it up. All right. Because when I put it on YouTube, I'll be able to snatch both both videos and stream them both together. So let's go ahead and pick up where we left off. Now, brothers and sisters, as I was saying before, before we left off, as I was saying, um, the only way that the devil could win is if you play his game on his field, on his territory, okay? So we're gonna go ahead and pick this thing up. We're gonna go ahead and pick this thing up at Isaiah five and 20, and again, it's ironic that this particular lesson or this particular section of the lesson is dealing with radio programming, radio platform, social media programming, technology, cable TV, And how Satan rules all those things and try to um, send subliminal messages to us on those mediums and those platforms. So let's go to Isaiah 5, 20 and 23. Isaiah 5, 20 and 23. And it reads, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. So brothers and sisters, the Lord is setting a precedent already. And he's saying, if you're gonna be out here and you're gonna be calling evil for good and good for evil, woe unto you. I have no respect in that, Isaiah 5 and 23, which justify, again, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. How many times have we justified something that we knew that we were doing that was not right, but we tried to justify it anyway? And make what we were doing that was wrong look like it was right or we played the victim. That's that narcissistic attitude, brothers and sisters. That narcissistic characteristic. You do something wrong to someone, but then you turn around and act as if you're the victim. I'll read that again. Isaiah 5 and 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's the first step in making a devil. I'll say that again. That's the first step in making a devil. Justifying the wrong. As if it's okay. No matter what the reason is, oh, he talked about me, so I'm going to go on my social media page and I'm going to put him on blast. See, you're justifying why you are doing what you are doing, brothers and sisters, but still it's wrong. It don't make it right. That's what makes a devil. Get the hell out of here. Let's go to um, Philippians, the fourth chapter. This is why the movie The Matrix was so powerful, brothers and sisters, because it dealt with deprogramming of this world and unplugging of this world system. Remember, this is Satan's world. Some don't understand the power of suggestion. This is why you have to kill the thought. I'll say that again. This is why you have to kill the thought. Before it even has a chance to be planted or take root in your mind. Sometimes you just have to get the hell. Out of here. Let's go to the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. The book of Philippians. The fourth chapter. And if you are following us with your Bible and you're not moving quick enough since the key Israel is putting the scriptures right in the comment section as well. Okay. Right in the comment section as well. So we at the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, we're going to read verses eight and nine. And it reads, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So what if you don't do those things that Paul was teaching? then God won't be with you. See, there's a formula here, brothers and sisters. If you want God to be with you, then do those things that are honest. Do those things that are just. Do those things that are pure. Do those things that are lovely. Do those things that are of good report. That's how God be with you. That's how you get the hell out of here. You think I'll wake up every morning Wanting to get out of bed, drive an hour to the west side of Chicago to go to work. Even days that I don't feel good. Y'all know I got severe allergies. I'm really doing good tonight. But I got, you know, so as many days I wake up, I don't really feel that good. But when I walk through that door. Good morning, everyone. We're going to have a good day today, everybody. Go out there. Be great. Be the change you want to see. Go make a difference on the floor that you work on. Deposit some positive energy in somebody's life because no one wants to go to the hospital if they don't have to. No visitor wants to visit their loved one in a hospital if they don't have to. So you might just be the difference. Between making somebody's day and not making somebody's day. But if you got the hell in here. Then whatever problems you're going through at home, you're going to take them to work with you. Whatever made you upset over here is going to make you have a bad attitude over here. You got to control the lower nature of yourself. And I'm not just speaking to you, brothers and sisters, I'm speaking to myself. This is a double-edged sword. It cuts maybe some of you, but it cuts the deliverer too. So tonight we're talking about getting the hell out of here, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Now, we have a way of dealing with this life on an emotional level. Emotion can never be as powerful as the spirit of God. I'm going to say that again, and I want you to hear me and hear me clearly. Emotion can never be as powerful as the spirit of God. You can never win someone over being sarcastic, forcing your opinions on other people. They don't want to accept this word or read this word at this time. Don't worry about it. Your job was to just plant the seed, brothers and sisters. Quit trying to do it all. You ain't got to be the one that plant the seed, water the seed, shine light on it so that it can grow. Maybe God just wanted you just to share and let somebody else come behind you and do something else because you were not always on the level that you're on right now. I wasn't always on the level that I'm on right now. God was patient with me, so God was patient with you. So if God was patient with us, then why can't we be patient with our brothers and our sisters who don't see this thing yet? Maybe they still celebrating Easter. Maybe they celebrating Christmas. Maybe they're going to church on Sunday, which are all things that are contrary to what's written in this book. But Israel. We was not always here ourselves. So let's continue to pray for them. Number one, share the word, not forcing the word, but just share it as it comes along. And let God work on them, brothers and sisters, from there. Because, see, sometimes God will give some of us a reprobate mind. You sent person and person and person to you, trying to share his word with you, and you still refuse it. Sometimes he'll make it impossible for you to see it if you keep refusing to see it. Everyone is not like you, nor think the way that you think. Therefore, God tells us through his word that whatever has a stronghold over you, let it be broken. It could be your significant other, your husband, your wife. It could be sex. It could be drugs. It could be food. Even your children. All these things have made you lose your mind before, brothers and sisters. Because now we got to choose between them and Jesus. We got to choose between them and God. Someone that you can see is someone that you've never seen before in your life. Do you have love enough and faith enough to choose Jesus over your husband, over your wife, over your children? These are the choices, brothers and sisters, that we have to make because how do we make those choices? We make those choices and, hey baby, you know what? I got a party, my girl is having a party over here and it's on Friday and um, they invited us. I can't go, wife, I'm sorry. You know, um, you know my stance, you know my belief. I'm not, gonna, my, I'm not gonna force my belief on you if you want to go. Um, that's going to be your choice But you know how I feel And so these are the everyday choices That we are faced with brothers and sisters And again the devil puts those things Right in front of us To make us have to choose Or want to choose between the Lord And maybe the Closest person in our life to us Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 6 2 Corinthians 10 Three. And six. And it reads. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts of itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. Have you ever? taking revenge against your disobedience. How do you do that? That being obedient, brothers and sisters. In other words, you got to fight against yourself. You got to get the hell out of here. And it's an everyday thing because you don't think that during the course of the day at some time during the course of the day, something is going to come in your mind and suggest that you do this or that. It's just a suggestion and if you ignore the suggestion, the suggestion is going to build and it's going to grow and then that suggestion is going to go to an act. You ever felt an urge that was so strong that your body was literally shaking Because the urge was so strong, you had to talk yourself down from doing something? That your body wanted you to do, but you knew wasn't right? We are faced with these choices and these decisions every day, brothers and sisters. Something as small as somebody cutting us off in traffic. Resisting to urge to throw the middle finger up at them or cursing them out. Or it's only one moment of your life. Yeah, the person cut in front of you. It's it only slowed you down for a moment. Shake it off. Keep moving forward. And that's the way we have to be with life, brothers and sisters. How many times have we reacted? To something based on a moment of our time. We were so angry, it pissed us off. And we did something, we made a decision based on that one moment, and now, brothers and sisters, here it is a month later, we ain't even thinking about it no more. It was inconsequential. But because of the decision that you made to react at that moment, now you got to pay for it weeks later, even after you're not angry anymore. Thus is why many of our brothers and sisters are in prison today. In a heat of passion, I find myself talking myself down a lot, brothers and sisters. Because again, you would think that maybe your loved ones would see what you see, right? And you'd be like, man, you know, why I got to be the the one who always calls? I'm looking at my call log. I ain't got no incoming calls from you. But every time we talk, the call is outgoing. Little things such as that. You know what I'm saying? So again, brothers and sisters, this is why knowing what we know, there's a heavier burden on us because we got the knowledge. We know what we know. Other people don't know what we know. So many times we can't even blame them. For the stuff that they do, because just like Jesus said, when he was on the cross, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's greed, brothers and sisters. It's selfishness. The first law is 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 uh, self-preservation. So anytime, brothers and sisters, most people think about. What's in it for me? How can it benefit me? How You try to create something that can benefit the whole family. Then you got family members that they're just looking to benefit themselves. But you got to deal with those type of things and you got to already know that going into the situation that for every Jesus, that's going to be a Judas. For every Moses, there's going to be a Pharaoh. For Samson, there's going to be a Delilah. Know this going into the game, brothers and sisters. So when it happens, you won't be so thrown back. When it happens, you won't be so caught off guard. Because the moment that you don't expect these things to happen and they happen, guess where the hell goes? Right to your brain. Right to your thoughts. Isn't it funny how the only people that can really hurt us is the people that are closest to us? The people that we allow and let inside of our circle. Oh, they hurt us more than anybody else hurt us, brothers and sisters. But again, you got to expect these things. You got to expect that there is a Judas in your inner circle. You have to know this. There is always one. But if you know this going into the game, brothers and sisters, now, some of you all may say, man, Black Ice, that's easier said than done. And I would say to you, brothers and sisters, you're right. This is why it's an everyday fight against yourself. Get the hell out of here. However. It is our salvation that we're fighting for every day. And with salvation comes eternal life. So don't let a day go by, brothers and sisters, that you don't fight against the urge to give in. Let's go to Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter. Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter. Verses 10 and 11. And it says, whatsoever your hand findeth to do. Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter, verses 10 and 11. Whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do it with your might. But there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you and I eventually are going to go. So while we're here on this earth, brothers and sisters, we have a job to do. It's to keep the word of God. What's the whole duty of man? Fear God and keep his commandments. And there are people that are literally out there teaching, oh, you ain't got to keep the law no more. You ain't got to keep the commandments no more. They're trying to kill you, brothers and sisters. They're trying to take away your salvation. If the whole duty is to fear God and keep his commandments. Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter says, whatever your hand findeth to do, do it with your might, for there is no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom in the grave. So if there's no knowledge in the grave, then how can your loved one be smiling? As if they are knowledgeable of something to smile about. If the word of God says there is no knowledge or wisdom in the grave. So somebody came up with that, brothers and sisters, out of their own mind to try to comfort those of us who were grieving, it wasn't biblical, but at every funeral service, and I taught a um, a, a memorial service um, last Thursday. I taught a memorial service, and it was very interesting because the person who passed away was a practicing Jehovah Witness, and then you had people that was there, And but I stuck to the book, brothers and sisters. So I told him that the word of God says that when we pass away, we rest. There's no knowledge, no wisdom in the grave. Verse 11, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happens to them all. So we got to endure this thing, brothers and sisters. Aren't you under the sun? Yes. So it ain't about how strong you are. It's not about how fast you are, brothers and sisters. It's about how obedient we are. And the only way that we can be obedient is to be strong in the word. Don't mean that you're not going to make mistakes. Don't mean that you're not going to fall, brothers and sisters. But I'm glad that the God that we serve is a God of second chances. And I'm glad that his son, Jesus, when he was approached by the disciples, said, how many times shall we forgive man? Seven times. And he came back, he said, no, 70 times seven. Don't put no number on it. So I'm just so glad that our father is patient with us and he forgives us those who are struggling and those who are really trying to keep his word. And have to fight this everyday fight and this everyday battle. Let's go to John, the 16th chapter. One of the best ways to counter the poisonous venom of Satan, brothers and sisters, is to expose falsehood. We have been brainwashed and we need a truth serum. This is why the Bible class Truth Hour spends so much time on exposing biblical myths. We know that once we guide you to where the truth is written, and this is why we read the word of God. And this is why our motto says, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. But see, we don't just want to say what the word of God says to you. We want you to go with us and read it. And this is why we give you scriptures, because once you become educated on the word of God, you become empowered. It will begin to unlock the strongholds of falsehood. We've gotten so far away from Jesus, brothers and sisters, that we need to be brought back to the truth. We need to be brought back to the truth. Let's go. John 16 and 13. John 16 and 13 and it reads Howbeit when he the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but what whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak And he will show you things to come. How do we get the spirit of truth today? We get the spirit of truth by reading the word of God. That's how we get the spirit of truth. I remember one of one of the brothers told me one time, you know what, man? I don't even have to read the Bible no more. I'm so anointed. That, man, the spirit of God just comes into me and it just takes over and speaks to me. I don't even need the Bible no more. I don't even got to read the word of God no more. I just shook my head. Because that's emotion. That's emotion, brothers and sisters. You hear something that sounds good to your spirit. And you say, "Man, brother Black Ice, you hitting it right on—you hitting the nail right on the uh, on the head." But well, brothers and sisters, if you ain't learning this word for yourself, there could be some things that you are participating in or doing that you don't even know is against Jesus or anti-Christ, which is what the word "against" means—anti. So it says again, John 16 and 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Let's continue on with our lesson, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter. Jesus is our example. The best example that we can use is the interaction between Jesus and Satan. Watch out for those haters, brothers and sisters, who try to inject your mind with unfruitful thoughts. How do you counter these subliminal suggestions? Let's look at the example of Jesus and how he dealt with Satan. Let's go to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Matthew, the fourth chapter. I love this because see, Jesus didn't get all up in his his emotions. What is frowning up in the face gonna do? I'm mad, I'm frowning up in the face. What's what's frowning up in the face gonna do? What's cursing somebody out gonna do? Yeah, it might make, make you feel better, but now you have just sinned against God because you have allowed someone to take you out of your character and now you ain't acting Christ-like no more. Matthew, the fourth chapter, we're gonna start at verse one. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And that's what happens every day. We're tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hunger. And when the tempter, Came to him, he said, if you be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live off of bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Can you say that to a co-worker? <clears throat> Can you say that to somebody who just pissed you off? Can you calmly reply to them? You know what? I appreciate your comments and your words. But it's written that man should not live off of bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. But I thank you anyway. Next, can you do that? Verse five, then the devil taketh him into a holy mountain and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, See, they know the word of God too, but they use it out of context. It For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning you, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him again, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Can you say that to those? Who tried to piss you off and tempt you and make you mad? Can you come back to them and say, you know what? It's written that you should not tempt the Lord your God. Can you say that to them? Can you imagine how upset somebody would be? They didn't just curse you out. And the only thing that you come back with, you know what, brother? It's written that you should not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil taken him up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto him, all these things will I give thee if you will fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, get thee hence, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord your God. So who's Satan's God? It's Jesus, brothers and sisters. He said it in his word, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So this was not an easy exchange between Jesus and Satan, brothers and sisters, which is why the angels came down and ministered unto him. Because again, Half flesh and blood man with the spirit of God inside of it. Not only is Satan fighting against him, his own flesh is fighting against him. So he knows what we are experiencing, brothers and sisters. So don't think that God don't know what you're going through and what you are dealing with. Let's go to Job, the second chapter. Job, the second chapter. Job had to deal with this same issue. With the one person who was the closest to him, his wife. Satan would try to use the closest person to you to turn you against God. Let's go to Job, the second chapter. But Job had to tell him, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Job, the second chapter, verses 4 through 10. Job, the second chapter, verses 4 through 10. Now here it is Satan. Is coming with the other angels to give a report Because Satan is an angel too He's a ministering spirit He got to give a report just like the other angels got to give a report Don't you ever think That Satan is a free will agent Going around here Doing whatever he wants to do without permission Satan has to get Permission to do Whatever it is he does Because Satan has a boss Let's read it Job the second chapter We're going to start at verse four. And Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yeah. All that a man have, will he give for his life? But put forth your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, he is in your hand. So the Lord had to give Satan permission to affect Job and afflict Job. He said, the Lord said, behold. He is in your hand, but you can't kill him. But save his life. So when, so when Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot into his crown. Job got health problems now. Today, we would call it cancer. Today, we will call it COVID-19. Today, we will call it congestive heart failure. Today, we will call it diabetes. Today, we will call it many things. It's all health problems. Verse eight, and he took a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, then said his wife unto him, do you still retain your integrity? curse God and die stop right there let's go back to verse five and see who said those same exact words that Job's wife said curse God and die let's go back up to verse five Job two and five but put forth your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse you to your face Satan is trying to get Job to curse God to his face. Who did he use? He used Job's wife to try to convince him to curse God. I'll read it again at verse nine. Then said his wife unto him, do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. Verse 10. What she tried to put in the brain of Job. What she tried to put in the mind of Job, Job said, get the hell out of here. But he said unto her, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall not receive evil? I'm going to read that again. Shall we receive good at the hand of God and not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin With his lips. So you can't expect to get good from God and at some point in time not receive evil to test your love for him. Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I know Jesus. But when that test comes. When God removes his hedge of protection from around you and allows Satan to come and tempt you. And see how much you love me now. Let's see how much you love me now. Do you love me enough to maintain and keep your composure? Do 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 you love me enough to say no when you really want to say yes? Do you love me? Let's go to John, the 10th chapter. We are quick to blame others to justify our devilish behavior. When in reality, we let our emotions get the best of us. When we are hurt, our emotional ego serves as a firewall to protect us emotionally. This is the trick of Satan. He wants to steal your joy, brothers and sisters. Let's go to John 10 and 10. The book of John, the 10th chapter, verse 10, John 10 and 10. And it reads, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I am come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. Now, let's break this whole scripture down in two parts. Number one, Satan, yeah, he comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. That's why many relationships have not survived. That's how many that's why many family members have fallen apart. Friendships have ended because they've allowed Satan to get in the middle of it His job is to kill what you have, to steal what you have, and to destroy what you have And if you let him, he's going to do his job Now let's deal with the second half of this Christ came so that we may have life and may have it more abundantly That has nothing to do with riches, fame, and fortune cars and homes and clothes he came so that we may have life and have it more abundantly that's prosperity teaching the life that he spoke of that he may that we may have more abundantly is everlasting life a life that you can never die from again eternal life that's the reason why he came So that even after you die, you can live again forever, brothers and sisters. That's why he came. Let's um, get ready to close out. Man, I got a lot of more scriptures to go. Let's see where I want to go here. Man, I'm going to, Sister Key, I'm going to have to leave out a whole section. Let me go here. You could be a good person and Satan could still enter through your emotions. No one is exempt, brothers and sisters. Nobody is exempt. You could be a good person and still fall short. Let's go to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew, the 16th chapter. You got to get over yourself. It's not all about you, brothers and sisters. Sometimes God will allow someone to do something to you for his glory. But you ain't looking at the bigger picture. It's a learning lesson. It's a reason why your friend betrayed you. It's a reason why this person did this or said this or did that. God wanted you to see something. And instead of you looking at what God wanted you to see, you concentrating on the person and not the spirit that the person has had inside of them when they did what they did or said what they said. This is a spiritual warfare, brothers and sisters. And when you can't understand that, you will never win the game. The devil can't win playing God's game. Even the people that claim to be the closest to you got some hell in them, brothers and sisters. We got to work daily. It's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week fight. Let's go to Matthew 16, 20-23. Matthew 16, 20-23, and it reads, Then charged he, his disciples, that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem And suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto you. Now, Peter loved Jesus. But Peter didn't understand that this was a spiritual thing that he was dealing with. But he got so emotional and he got so upset that he began to rebuke Jesus. You think I'm going to let them come and get you and kill you, Jesus? I'm not going to let them do that. Jesus's mission was to come into the world and die. Satan's job was to prevent that from happening. So Satan used Peter at this point to try to put something in Jesus's head to say, you ain't got to do this. You ain't got to die. I'm not going to let that happen. And you would think looking on the surface that Peter was just, you know, being Jesus's boy. But there's a bigger picture here. Look at what Jesus said to Peter, but he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me. For you, savour not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. And I'm saying to you the same thing, brothers and sisters. God is working behind the scenes. Everything that's happening, everything that has already happened, God is moving things around to put a blessing in front of you. But you can't see the blessing because you're too busy focusing on the person that did this to you, that said this to you. You gotta get the hell out of here, brothers and sisters. Get it out of your mind, get it out of your brain. And know that God is with you. How many times have we been in a situation where we be like, man, I didn't ever think I was gonna get through this situation. I didn't ever think that I was going to overcome this or overcome that. And here it is now, five years later, we can look back and we can smile at that situation. We never thought while we were going through it that we was going to get over it or get past it. Maybe it was a bad breakup. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe you had to file bankruptcy. Maybe it was so maybe you got evicted. Maybe you got fired from a job. You didn't ever think you was going to bounce back while you were going through it, but God turned it around. And you got so many blessings since that happened to you. But see, if you would have looked at things while you were going through it, with a God mind, you wouldn't have been under so much stress. You wouldn't have been under so much pressure. It was nothing but a test, brothers and sisters. And that's the way we have to begin to look at life. You got to get the hell out of here. Let's go to the book of 1 John, the second chapter. We get wrapped up when we have a love for this world and the things that are in it. We get wrapped up in it. But we can't take nothing that's in this world with us when we die. The Egyptians tried to do it. They packed their tombs with gold and and with silver and buried in their sarcophages, and their tombs, all kind of riches and gold. And guess what happened? Tomb Raiders came and took all those possessions. You can't take nothing in this world with you when you go. So don't get wrapped up in the things of this world, brothers and sisters. The cars, the homes, the clothes, it's good to have them. It's a blessing to have them. But if it should be taken away from you, brothers and sisters, don't worry. Look at it as a small thing. God got a new chapter in your life that he's trying to put you on a road on. Let's go to 1 John, the second chapter 15 and 16. 1 John, the second chapter 15 and 16. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. I'm going to say that again 1 John 2 and 15 Love not the world Neither the things that are in the world If any man love the world The love of the Father is not in him For all that is in the world The lust of the flesh The lust of the eyes And the pride of life Is not of the Father But is of the world So. We're experiencing a lot of carjackings in Chicago. Somebody roll up on you with a gun coming to take your vehicle. Let them take it. Let them take your cell phone. Don't argue. Don't fight against it. Love not the things of the world. You can get another one, but you can't get another life. You know how many people are in the grave right now because they didn't want to let a, possess, a possession go? It's not worth it, brothers and sisters. That's how possessions can become your God beside God. Get the hell out of here. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, the 25th chapter. Proverbs, the 25th chapter. I love the book of Proverbs because there's so much wisdom in it. The book of Proverbs, the 25th chapter, <clears throat> and it's a shame that people would try to encourage you not to read the Old Testament anymore. Or the law anymore, because it has so much wisdom in it. The method to overcome the urge to respond with evil for evil is is to treat others as you would have them treat you. Jesus taught the same thing. He didn't say, do it unless that person offended you. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There was no condition that was there. Well, you didn't see what that person did. You didn't see what that person said. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What happened if we can't give those who trespass against us? Then the Lord won't forgive us our trespasses, brothers and sisters. Who's watching this or listening to this don't need a trespass that you have done forgiven. I'll wait. All of us need something that we have done Forgiven, brothers and sisters. So in order for you to be forgiven by God, guess what? You got to forgive. Let's go to Proverbs 25, 21 through 24. Proverbs 25, 21 through 24. And it reads, if your enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For you shall heap coals of fire upon his head and the Lord shall reward you. The north wind driveth away rain, so does an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. I'll say it again. The north wind drives away rain, so does an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. As cold waters to a thirsty soul. So is good news from a far country. So, brothers and sisters, I probably read more than I wanted to read, but. I just wanted to show you, brothers and sisters, the way you counter evil is with good. The way you counter anger is with patience and love. Whether the person deserves it or not. It's not about them. It's about you and your relationship with your God. Because God is watching. How did you deal with this person? Did you deal with this person in love although they dealt with you in hate? Did you deal with this person in peace although they dealt with you in confusion? One of the things my coworkers always talk to me about especially my Nigerian sisters who are very aggressive. They come to me and they say, you know what? You never get angry. Even when I'm talking to you aggressively, you don't get angry. I say, well, what would anger benefit me? I just ignore you. If I I don't want to hear what you got to say, I I just ignore you and come back later and be like, hey, sister, how you doing? You okay? You still mad at me? You know, I'm good at saying that. You still mad at me? You know, so. So, brothers and sisters, we just got to learn how to react to things differently. That's what this is all about. Your reaction. There was a formula that the Lord gives us to get the hell out of here. Follow the formula and the format that he has laid before us. Let's go to Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans, the 12th chapter we're going to go 9 through 21. And it reads, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, patient while you're going through things. Be patient. Continuing instantly in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not the high things, but can condescend to men of low estate, but not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. So how many of us are walking around trying to do God's job? for him because you want revenge because this person did something to you so I'm a to whoop they butt now because they did something to me vengeance is mine saith the Lord I will repay saith the Lord therefore if your enemy is hungry feed him then we read that in the Old Testament if he be thirsty give him something to drink for in doing so you shall heap coals of fire upon his head be not overcome of evil but overcome evil With good That's how you overcome evil With good God laid it out The formula and the format We got two more places to go Let's go here What is our duty as teachers and as ministers Everything should be done In decency and in order Again, the Lord gives us the formula If we follow this We cannot lose Let's go to 2 Timothy 4, 2, and 3. 2 Timothy 4, 2, and 3. Y'all know y'all better share this lesson because there's somebody out there that need to hear this. 2 Timothy 4. And we're going to start at 2. It says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And it's the same way during Easter. We tried to get them sound doctrine. They ain't trying to hear it. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And that's what's happening now. They're turning away from the truth and they're turning to fables, brothers and sisters. So let's close this thing out. When those hellish thoughts. Begin to stir up in your spirit. When you start thinking of evil thoughts. Stop for a moment, go somewhere and pray, brothers and sisters. Pray before you speak. And pray before you act. Just take a moment to pray and think about it. We must be mindful and careful that we don't allow anything to open up a pathway or a door into our minds. All it takes is a crack, one small little doorway, one small little crack to get the hell in here. But pray it away, brothers and sisters. Pray it away. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Father. He understands. He knows. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. This is the last place, brothers and sisters. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verses 10 through 18. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verses 10 through 18. And it reads, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, you've heard this before, put on the whole armor of God. But you may ask yourself and me the question, well, Brother Black Eyes, what is the armor of God? It is simply the word. When you begin to put on the word of God and live in the word of God and walk in the word of God, that's how you become protected with the armor of God. Let's read it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. How do you find truth? From the word of God and having on the blessed plate of righteousness. How do you know what righteousness is? By reading the word of God and your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Where do you find the gospel of peace in the book? It's the word of God above all taking on the shield of faith. What is faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How did I know that? Because I read the word wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm going to read that again and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, brothers and sisters, in my closing, I say to you and I say to myself, brothers and sisters, we got to get the hell out of here. We've had centuries of false teachings. We've had bad examples our whole lives of bad relationships. Watching what, how our fathers talked to our mothers. Watch how our mothers talked to our fathers. Watch uh, what our sis- older sisters and brothers did, our cousins did. We've had bad examples mm-hmm. on how they dealt with people. Well, they just need to know. They, I, I just need to show them that I ain't no punk. Sometimes you just got to show them, Black Ice, that you ain't no punk, that, that you'll take all that. Why well, I got to prove to them anything. If I'm going to prove something to somebody, I'm going to prove something to my God. By trying to keep this word to the best of my ability and understanding and walk in it and let vengeance be his like the word says. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So don't let nobody put cables on your back and send you off. It's easy to do those things. It takes a man and a woman and it takes courage to refrain from doing the things that you really want to do when you get upset and when you get emotional. That's how you get the hell out of here. I thank you so much for listening and tuning in to the Bible Class Truth Hour. We're celebrating our ten-year anniversary. Peace and blessings to each and every one of you, brothers and sisters. We had we just came off of a good feast of unleavened bread. I was talking to Sister Key Israel, and I said, "Sis, I think that this was the best um, one for me as far as keeping uh, the feast, as far as dealing with the no bread. I think that I was better this year than previous." years. But anyway, brothers and sisters, let's continue to strengthen one another and encourage one another in the word. Let's continue to share this lesson and this word. Um, If you would like to receive a text message to remind you of when the show is on the air, then text your name and the keyword truth hour to 312-719-7310. Text your name and the keyword Truth Hour to 312 719 If you are on YouTube, then please go like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Truth Hour TV. And for our YouTube listeners, please come on over to Facebook and follow and like our Facebook page, which is the Bible Class Truth Hour. The Bible I'm sorry, the Bible Show Truth Hour, the Bible Show Truth Hour. And um, you see the number right here, 605-562-0444, ID 986-96-POUND. That's the number to call in if someone don't have Facebook and they don't have YouTube. They can call into the show and watch the show and listen to the show. Oh, Sister Key Israel said, I did a good job. What? I know I must have did a good job if Sister Key said I did a good job. So <laughs> she keeps me on point, brothers and sisters. Um, I want to thank Sister um, Key Maybon, who um, sent in a donation um, or an offering. She said, well, brother, I just want to give you an offering. And um, I want to say, sister, I thank you and I appreciate that. Um, those who are out there who would like to be a part of our Truth Hour ministry, then, um, man, join us. This is an online Bible-based ministry to help get this word out. And so everybody that's putting in Team Truth Hour right now is a part of our team. They help share the lesson. They help research some lessons. They help invite people to the lesson. And we need you to be a part of our team. It has nothing to do with your camp that you go to physically. This is a Tuesday night thing right here, y'all. When we go live, y'all, we need your help and your support. So become a part of our Team Truth Hour. Reach out to Sister Key Israel, myself, or anyone that's putting Team Truth Hour in the comment section right now. And with that being said, we're going to stand up and face Jerusalem, and we're going to pray out. And then I'm going to go over here to Pete's and Matson and probably get me something to eat if we don't have anything in the refrigerator. All right. So let's stand up and face the east. Uh, my birthday will be coming up, y'all, in 13 days. Is it 13 days? Nope. 12 days. My birthday will be coming up in 12 days. And you guys know, and I don't have it in front of me. Yes, I do. That, um, I just released a double album commemorating my 20th year in spoken word. This is my 29th album. And this is my 30th album right here. So if you wanna support your boy, then uh, I will ship out the album to you. Um, You can get up with me, Cash App, Zelle, PayPal or whatever and get you a copy of the album and I will ship it to you or I will deliver it to you Either way, but I thank you for your support. Sister Key Key ain't got her albums yet either, y'all. So I just want you to know uh, she normally get every album. I'm trying to figure out what's the hold up now, Key. Come on, y'all. Let's stand up and face Jerusalem and pray out. Father God, we come before you, Father God, and we say thank you once again, Father God, for another powerful lesson, Father God. Father God, this lesson hit home not only to myself, but I'm pretty sure with many of those who are watching tonight's show, For we all need to control our emotions, Father God, and let our spirit control our flesh versus allowing our flesh to control our spirit, Father God. We ask that you continue to bear with us and have mercy, Father God, and be patient with us. As we continue to grow and be strong and have faith in your word, Father God, just walk with us and be patient with us, Father God, and comfort us. We ask for your grace and your mercy, Father God. We ask that you bless our sister, Margaret Cobb, who's going through some health challenges right now. We are continuing to pray for her. We're asking all the prayer warriors to continue to pray for our sister, Margaret Cobb. Continue, Father God, to to bless our, our senior pastor, Brother Bowie. And um, all those, Father God, who are experiencing some type of ill and some type of situation that they're going through in their life, Father God, help us to get the hell out of our minds, Father God. We pray this prayer and we ask this blessing in your son Jesus name. We pray that those who are watching and listening were edified and that you were glorified. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I want to thank you again. Um, The Truth Hour has an inbox, so if you guys have any questions or something that um, you guys need clarity or understanding on, please inbox us either on our personal page or in the Truth Hour Bible Show inbox, and we will get to your question, and we will answer your question according to the Word of God, and we will give you scriptural support for that as well. And so with that being said, brothers and sisters, I love each and every one of you. I pray a prayer of strength for you and comfort and peace, especially for those like Sister Margaret Cobb, who is experiencing health issues and challenges and she's fighting for her life. And for those who are out there who are suffering uh, the loss of a loved one, um, I pray a prayer of peace and comfort for you, brothers and sisters, in Jesus' mighty name. And with that being said, until next Tuesday, Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, good night. Uh, It's funny to me, brothers and sisters, because uh, it's no mistake that these things happen.